0: Hey, welcome in. it's the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, back again to Talk Chiefs as the team is in the mandatory mini camp phase, uh, which is exciting and will eventually of course lead to the actual camp training camp. How you doing
1: Verderam? Doing fine. I am relaxing. I am staying as inside as possible since it's about 98 degrees here, although a little later i have got a soccer game to coach. But other than that, uh, yeah, uh, thank God for uh, Central Air.
0: Yeah, you're not kidding, man. Uh, it, so uh, most of the, the uh, some of the folks are our members know um, because we've been chatting in the discord. but I came down with the Rona on Friday. So right after we we uh, we did this podcast. So I've been a little bit under the weather. The last week, still, still testing positive, but feeling much better. Um, worked out a little bit today. Back on my feet, no fever, all that stuff. So, was able to weather that uh, pretty well. Feeling good. I'm glad to be here today. I was, I was on the injury report. I was questionable a couple of days ago. Moved to probable and and had a good workout today. So, uh, happy to be here with you all and, and feeling better.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad it, it didn't kill you, and and hopefully the Chiefs don't make you wish it it, it, it took you out come September. Uh, a lot you know but no it uh it's good you're uh you're, you're back on your feet you know listen you, you know you you went away you were gone for what a week something like that yeah a week I was in Florida I was I was in Florida these so. things happen when you yeah you know, yeah that's that's the way it goes but I'm glad you I'm glad you're uh feeling better I know uh our colleague Ben Heisler he is going to the Canadian Rockies. Uh, I believe at the end of the month and he oh, and wow. his wife are doing everything imaginable to avoid <laughs> COVID Yeah, the next yeah, couple weeks. You know, it's just the way it is. It's the way it is. Yeah
0: that that's the thing, right. Is you don't, you know, we're, we're finally able to get out of our houses and all that stuff. Yeah. And you know, people are planning vacations. And the last thing you want to have happen is, I mean, you never want to get sick period, but obviously not with this. Uh, definitely can, can take you off your feet. My lung yeah. capacity's not a hundred percent. That's for That's for sure. But I'll do my best here. Uh, I think I've got enough hot air to blow out a uh, uh, talking chiefs for, for, for you guys. We're gonna get. We look. We got a really great show today. We got a lot of uh, interesting things to talk about. Obviously, we're gonna to touch on the Tyree kill absurdity. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna talk about um, Chiefs brought back Jarek McKinnon. Um, so it's something we talked about last week on the show that we thought they should have done. They obviously Brett Beach, longtime listener of the show, takes uh, takes his cues from us. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, we're going to look at three long shot uh, free agents. This came from an article on Arrowhead Addict. Uh, three long shot offensive free agents that the Chiefs might sign. Go through those. See what you guys think about that. It's that time of year, y'all. And, uh, oh, D says, Patrick, looking looking good, though. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking, uh, looking a lot better than I did yesterday um, when I was still coming down from that fever. Um, and then we're going to talk about Chris Jones and what's his future with the Chiefs. And then we'll wrap things up with uh, a power rankings. We're going to power rank the Chiefs uniform combination so that'll be fun we've never done that on the show Uh, i know everybody has very passionate opinions about red on red and white on white and all that so it'll be fun Um, so we're gonna get into it um but the first thing i wanted to do is virum i had to ask you about these really quickly these tyree kill statements this craziness from now listen i've been i've been hearing it on twitter like oh stop who cares he's gone listen listen to me now okay it's june all right played for the chiefs he's an all-time great chief you know won a Super Bowl yes. with the team it just happened over the weekend so I know you guys are sick of Tyreek kill I know you're annoyed that he left that he wanted money a lot of you you know I get it but we got to talk about it he's 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 throwing our guy Mahomes under the bus a little bit pissed me off I thought it was unnecessary and ridiculous I know you did a spaces on this
1: verteran but for those who didn't catch yeah. it what, what what's your what's your take on this whole sure. uh, matter? i did it i did a spaces on it I talked about it on Saturday the box um, on Tuesday. Look, obviously, kind of just continue the same thought. I'm not going to get into whether or not Tua or Mahomes is the better player or is more accurate. I mean, come on. I, I mean, anybody who wants to to Tua's own family wouldn't take Tua. Okay, so we can we can just throw that to the side. As far as the accuracy thing goes, they're one tenth of a of a point of a percent different in their careers. Tua's one tenth better. Uh, I think it's like 66-8 and 66-7. One of them throws the ball more downfield than anybody in football. And the other one, I saw it on Twitter, but I forget who it was. Uh, Tua ranked 36th last year on passes over 20 yards. I mean, that's like a backup quarterback, 36th. As far as uh, with the other stuff, I thought the more interesting point was when when Tyreek talked, and I thought it got kind of washed over, was when he talked about well, you know, when I was negotiating a deal with Kansas City, and of course I'm paraphrasing, but you know, I, I I called Pat and, you know, in, in other words, trying to get something done. It almost seems like he wanted to be there, which I've, I've said he, he did want to be there. Went to Pat, get the thing done, and then it didn't get done. Maybe he feels jilted. Maybe he feels like Pat didn't go to bat enough for him. And I don't know whether he did. He didn't. If Pat, if, if Tyree feels that way, I mean, I'm mean i connecting dots. I'm not on a text thread with the two of them. But it, it seems like he feels like the, the Chiefs. Didn't value him. I mean, he came out and said that. And that, and then maybe Patrick Mahomes wasn't doing enough to keep him there. And look, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe maybe Patrick said, look, guys, we need a defense more than we need Tyreek. Like, I will elevate who's around me, get a defense. Now, I, I don't know. Maybe that never happened. We know that the Chiefs looped him in and told him what was going on because he said as much after the trade. The bottom line is Tyreek's got to move on. I mean, at some point here, you got paid. You got paid $30 million a year, 120 overall, $75 million guaranteed. It's a record contract for a receiver. You live on South Beach. Get over it. I mean, I, at some point, I get feeling jilted. He's human. He's allowed to feel that way. But at some point, it does just become, look, it is what it is. And to, to just air all this, I'll tell you one other thing, too, and I'll close on this. If I were a Dolphins fan, if I worked in the front office, if I was a coach, I'd be unnerved that after a game where he almost had 200 yards against the Browns that they won, by the way, that the following week he had whatever it was, three catches for 40 yards or something, and then called up Drew Rosenhaus and was like, well, that that's bullshit. Why didn't I get my... Are you kidding? I, and then by the way, 2 weeks later had 186 yards against the Eagles and 3 touchdowns. Like, you're not going to get more targets in Miami than you got in Kansas City. You are not. I wrote this in stacking the box on Monday for those who read the column the fan side. Look, in the 4 years that he played with Mahomes, of any receivers across the league, tight ends included that played at least 55 games in the last 4 seasons. He ranked 8th in targets per game. Okay? He was at 8.6. The other seven guys, excluding one of them, who I'll touch on in a second, all were guys who were far and away the best players in, uh, on their teams in terms of guys you would target. Devontae Adams was number one. DeAndre Hopkins was up top. Keenan Allen, who does have Mike Williams, but he's not Keenan Allen. Uh, Cooper Cup. The only guy, Stephon Diggs is another one, the only guy who shared the field outside of Hill with an elite player was Travis Kelsey, who finished seventh with 8.9 targets per game. So, look, Hill's going to a team with Waddle and Gasicki and also a team that's going to want to run the ball a lot under McDaniel. I would be willing to bet my mortgage he gets targeted less than he got targeted in Kansas City. And I I think, look, that would worry me. If he was that upset about the way he got targeted 159 times last year, I would be scared to death if I was Miami about, okay, what happens if we start one and four and he has a game where he's targeted four times? Then what? That That would seriously worry me. Yeah. The targeting, like the under usage
0: stuff coming from him. And it's just, it's so preposterous. And it's like, what do you want? Like, look at any great player's stats. Nobody's just like, Oh yeah. I put up a, you know, I catch seven balls for 110 yards every week. Or, you know, I get, yeah, I get 15, 20 handoffs for, for a hundred every week. Like that just doesn't happen. You have great players have those kinds of games like Tyree kill has where they go nuts and the next th- team that plays him decides all right like that that team tried not dealing with him that obviously didn't work we're going to try something a little bit different sometimes it doesn't matter but like to, to to suggest that they were like oh we had a big week we better pull back on him next week is just completely preposterous i don't understand it look i know he's doing a podcast he's trying to get they're trying to jump up publicity and you know he has a host on that podcast and i'll be honest with you This hostess is a lawyer. Right, right. Sometimes I think that people don't even know what they think about things. You know what I mean? Like, and it seems like a weird concept, but like how much has Tyreek Hill really thought about that stuff before he got asked it on the podcast? Do you know what I mean? Like, and he's in the moment. You see this happen with people a lot. You see, you see... Hell, I I used to feel like Trump did that all the time. Not to get political, but like he was one of these people that sometimes like you you know you feel like he'd go which way the wind was blowing or like what you know. And and I feel like that that Tyreek was in that situation where he was just kind of like he's getting asked about and he's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I I should have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder or whatever. Look, I think I read a really interesting article and I I, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was um, I believe it was from oh gee the Ringer. It was talking about. The use of um, like the the how how teams like the Chiefs and the Bills had to get away from the spread last year because of the NFL's new obsession with the two high safeties, right? Right. And they dealt with it with in different ways. And one of the ways that the Bills dealt with it was they went into a lot more uh, tight end heavy sets, fullback heavy sets, so that teams had to play their base defense more. And the Chiefs went under center more than they ever have with Patrick Mahomes, and they started running more play action and things like that. It's all an evolution. And I think one of the teams that's been really great about this over the years, as we know, has been the Patriots. The Patriots offense was not static. It was not, this is our offense. This is what they did the whole thing with, with, with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. And that was like revolution. So all these two great tight ends and, and, you know, they would run the football. It changes. And I think the chiefs, are looking at their offense and I think it was a consideration. Okay, hey, if we're going to stay ahead and Andy's an innovator, we may have right. to do things a little bit differently.
1: But again, look, I mean, here are the target here are the targets and then we just move on cuz this is dumb. Targets in, in last season game by game. We, and I'm going to exclude two games for obvious reasons. The Pittsburgh game when he was coming off of COVID and he he was not right. And the last game of the year where he got hurt in pregame with his heel and they barely played him, okay? So I'm I'm, I'm not talking about those two games cuz he was barely on the field. The other games 15 4 that Baltimore game 7 okay now keep in mind his average in his career with Mahomes his average 8.6 15 4 7 12 13 12 9 18 11 10 11 5 4 as a dip there 13 10 what is the problem i mean other than other than the Baltimore game a game against Denver and a game against the Raiders which they won 48 to 9 might I add, they want, okay, the only game that they lost where they targeted him less than seven times, which only happened three, it's a Baltimore game, and they scored a million points in the game, just happened to lose. What I mean, I just don't understand what world he lives in. He got targeted double digits 10 times in the regular season. They'd want to extrapolate this to the playoffs. He got targeted five times against Pittsburgh. We caught all five passes, 57 yards, and one going away. He was targeted 13 times against Buffalo and then 10 in the Ace Championship game. I mean, what do you want? How many targets do you want? Like? And, and he shares a field. It's not like it's some bum fest out there. You're being targeted of absolute ton of times. Like, look, the bottom line for me, y- you will notice all the noise out of this has come from one side. Because I can tell you in the last week, I've texted a lot of people around the Chiefs. Nobody has responded about this, which is not surprising, by the way. It's probably what they should do. They don't care. They don't... They don't care. That's why Testy a week or two ago when it was asked about, like, what do you think of Ty? They don't care. You think Patrick Mahomes is worried about Tyree Kill right now? He's trying to get right with Valdez Scantling and Juju and, and work it up with Hardman. They don't care. That doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt them. Look, I've been on the record with this. I think it's going to hurt them short term that he's not on that team. I do. I think they're going to feel that. I still think they're going to be a very good offense. I think with him, they would have been the best offensive football this year. I think without him, they're top five. still so great, but not, not elite. Uh, depending on your definition, it's going to hurt them. You know what's really going to hurt them? On third and eight, when you couldn't double Kelsey before, and if you did, then you couldn't double Hill. Now you can double Kelsey every third and eight, and it's going to become you've got to be able to beat guys elsewhere, and that's where it's going to hurt them. But I got to tell you, you know it's going to hurt more? Tyree Kill, when he's wide open on a go ball, and it doesn't get there. Or they're, or they're running the ball enough that the, the two is throwing the ball 25 times and not 42 times like Mahomes would. That's when Tyreek's going to care. And our guy Stacy says Reed. They really typically lost his cool the first time he's asked about it. I think they care if they aren't going to give Hill the satisfaction. I think there's truth in that. Maybe I should have said that they publicly don't care. I think it's more irritating to them than anything else. I guess. I guess what I'm trying to trying to get out is I don't think the Chiefs are sitting there worrying about Tyreek Hill like they. They traded him. They got five picks. They moved on. I think they're far more worried about building this defense than they are about what Tyree Cost is saying in a podcast with his agent as a lawyer.
0: Yeah, it was preposterous, and I'm sure that they're annoyed by it. And the organization stood by Hill through a lot of crap, and it's I'm sure there's some feelings there, but I agree with you. They, they've moved on. They don't care. And look, come September, none of this is going to matter. And it's only going to matter if, if, if the Chiefs end up playing the Dolphins in the playoffs. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. So I'm sure the Chiefs would welcome playing the Dolphins in the yeah. playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I uh, believe me absolutely all right hey this podcast is brought to you by the kansas city beer company casey beer co is the largest locally owned brewery in kansas city and it's the only brewery that brews its beer according to the german purity law of 1516 totally crazy four ingredients malt hops water and yeast it's absolutely delicious It's an award-winning brewery. They've supported this podcast now. Uh, They're they're gonna be with us all the way uh, through the end of the year. It's really exciting. So make sure you stop by uh, the brew house over there. Say hello to them for us and look for the KC, the red KC beer co cartons in your local store. And support the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I say this all the time. By supporting Casey Beer Co. And do us a favor. At Casey Beer Co. On Twitter. Haven't seen any in a while. Would appreciate it. Give them a shout. Let them know that you heard about the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. The, their beer on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Keep us in business and dare to beer different. All right. Let's get into some of these discussions now. Um, the big one. Or you know, as big as sort of the moves that happen this time of year are. The Chiefs brought back Jarek McKinnon. Now we talked about. The running backs last week, so I don't want to retread too much of this, but I, this was an interesting move. And, and, you know, you brought this up last week, Vertoram, that, hey, you know, I don't know why they haven't brought him back McKinnon because he's a good blocker and all the rest of the guys they have not known for their blocking prowess. So now we we already talked about how it was like a little bit crowded. Um, but, you know, maybe we thought all four guys would make the roster. Now you've got a really interesting running back group of CEH, Ronald Jones, Derek Orr, Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh round pick, and now McKinnon. And I wanted to ask you because Sterling and Matt Connor talked about this on the Tuesday show. And I thought it was interesting with the addition of McKinnon. They said, you know, Matt Connor made a good point. He said, look at, there's been a lot of fanfare around, a fanfare around Ronald Jones because he's kind of known, a known quantity, right? But, but Matt Connor said on Tuesday, hey, look at his contract. This is not like a, a slam dunk. Oh, yeah, this guy's going to be on the roster. Uh, and they had a conversation about, is you know, is this backfield completely up for grabs? Now, you, you figure CEH is going to make the team, right? Yeah, he's on the team. Um, uh, he's still on the rookie deal and all that, young guy. But with the, as far as the rest of the spots go, I mean, is
1: it a slam dunk that Ronald Jones is going to make the team? I would say it's very unlikely. But I also am old enough to remember when they brought in Carlos Hyde and cut Carlos Hyde. Yeah. okay Yeah. Carlos Hyde showed up out of shape. They cut him at the end of the preseason. He went to Houston. He tore them up in week five. Then he came back in week six, I believe actually it was. Then he came back in the playoffs. They shut him down, and Frank Clark had choice words after the game about it. Okay, I I don't know that I think, oh, he'll be out of the mix. Look, CEH and Ronald Jones are the best bets. But I talked about it last week, and I'm glad the Chiefs made me look smart for once. They needed a guy who could block as a back. And I know people point out, well, Pacheco, their seventh round rookie, can block yet, yeah, but he doesn't know the offense yet. That's a lot of trust in a seventh round rookie when some team brings a fire blitz. And, hey, hey, Isaiah, get out there and make sure you read this right. Well, if he doesn't read it right, 15 is in the ground. Okay. I trust Jarek McKinnon a hell of a lot more to step up, read it right, and hammer whoever the blitzing linebacker is, the blitzing corner is. I would argue with the Chiefs, there is no more important characteristic in a running back on that team. Than blocking on third down, none, none. Like, and and the nice thing about McKinnon is a lot of times for those who don't know, and I know a lot of you do know this. A lot of times, the running backs, especially on a, you know on a passing play, obviously and on a running play, of course, is pretty self-explanatory. But on a passing play, they will stay in to block if they see a blitz coming. You know, if they re- read across Mahomes, a lot of times signal that or Humphrey will signal that. However, if they're in to block, but then nobody comes on a blitz. They then release into a pass pattern. Well, the nice thing about McKinnon is you can catch the football. So maybe you bring him in there. Maybe it's a heavy blitz scheme. Okay. You're going against a team that blitzes quite a bit. You say, All right, look, you're in on third and eight. We think they're gonna bring a blitz. We think they're gonna bring the backer. But all of a sudden, pre-snap, you're looking around and go, okay, they're not gonna blitz. They don't have a guy up here. They're gonna drop, they're gonna play coverage. I can leak out now. Well, now you got another guy who can really catch the football. And and who's proven, by the way, who's pretty tough in space, who can run over a guy, who can get around the guy. I I was shocked it took them this long to sign Jarek McKinnon. Like I understand he has an injury history. Who cares? For what you're paying him, I got to be honest with you. I I think he's the best all around back on the team. Now, I don't know. the I don't think he's going to put up the best numbers because I think they're going to be pretty judicious in how they use him. I also think it was telling that in the playoffs, who did they use? Like, I know CEH is coming off the injury. Like, who did they use? They used him. So, look, I like the signing. I don't think you're going to have more than, look, you got to keep in mind Burton's a fullback. He's going to make the team. CEH is going to make the team. I would suspect that they're only going to keep two other back. I mean, I would think it's probably going to be McKinnon and Ronald Jones. Although maybe they look at it and think, all right, it's a little bit of a log jam. You know, maybe they trade Ronald Jones for a real late round pick. Maybe they, you know, stick Pacheco on the on the, the practice squad and and they they release Gore or they keep Gore and they trade Jones. I think the only certainty CEH is going to make the team, and I do think McKinnon's making this team because of his ability to block.
0: I'm really confused as to why they sign. McKinnon now I mean I I I think I know why they signed him but I'm wondering why they waited this long you know when he could have gotten snatched up I'm wondering if there's something we don't know like maybe he was dealing with a a little bit of a nagging injury and they were like hey you know we want to we want to wait and see you know how you are you know keep keep in touch with us we'd love to have you back like let us know how it's going maybe that was it it's really strange I don't think I, I I don't think I've heard some people talking about Pacheco as, and maybe making making it a, the team on special teams and being a returner. I think that's interesting, but I got to be honest with you. They've kept Derek Gore around and I, I just don't see Pacheco on the roster. Practice squad makes a ton of sense. It's hard. For, seventh for round back, life. it's hard. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that was like, obviously not high up on their list. If running back was a really, really big priority for them, uh, they wouldn't, they would have done something before the seventh round. Right? There also, were some guys
1: in this class. I got to be honest. Of all the moves they made this offseason, and I, look, the, the Hill one, obviously controversial, and even Tyron Matthew, although I really, I really like Justin Reed. I think they probably made the right long term decision there. The one move I didn't get was the Ronald Jones signing. I didn't get it before McKinnon. Ronald Jones fumbles the ball a lot and can't catch and can't block. Like, I get it. He's got a high yards per attempt. Yeah. And I'm not saying he doesn't have value, but like, in terms of running the football, I'd rather give CH those carries. Like, if you're splitting CH with Ronald Jones, it tells me all I need to know about what they think of Clyde Edwards Alaire. Right. Nothing against Ronald And look, I'm not trying to just sit here and just pound on Ronald Jones. He's had productive seasons in his career where he has run the ball well. I am not. It's, I understand why they signed him, but I don't like backs who fumble. To me, that is the worst characteristic of a running back. You cannot get the ball to your team, especially if you have Patrick Mahomes. Number two, I like backs, especially in, in Reed's offense, that can catch the ball. Say whatever you want about edwards Alaire, he can catch the football, and so can McKinnon. Like, I, and so can Gore, for that matter. Like he's shown the ability to catch. by a big catch in the playoffs last year against Pittsburgh. I'm not a big fan of guys who fumble and can't catch as a running back. Like maybe Jones goes out and proves me wrong and puts up a thousand yards this year. I just of all the signings that they made this offseason, big and small, that was the one that I was like, yeah, all right, I, I don't think it's a killing him raining. Yeah, you so know, I like sign for three years, but I it doesn't move the needle for me. Yeah, you know it's interesting.
0: Ceh has had injury issues, right? I could see a scenario where they're Ronald Jones is, is younger veteran insurance and they brought him and they get, they they wanted to get that person. They signed him early. They got, they like Derek Gore. They got CEH and they bring in McKinnon. And at the end of this, they may be looking at it and be like, all right, CEH looks good. He's healthy. We, we, now they get another look at Derek Gore in the off season. They, if they like Derek Gore, Ronald Jones isn't going to make the team like that's that's really what it's about. Right. Like if they like Derek Gore, they're not getting rid of CEH, then then they're trading either trading Ronald Jones to somebody who's banged up and wants a veteran running back or they're cutting them loose. So I think it's going to be a really interesting battle to watch. CEH is going to get most of the run and what what, always look what people do, not what they say. How are they using Derek Gore? How are they using Ronald Jones early in the preseason? They know what Jarek McKinnon is. He's
1: not going to put any wear and on him in the preseason. Right,
0: right. Why? For what reason? Yeah. So that's um, going to be really interesting to see how all of that plays out. It's probably going to be one of the, the the more interesting and exciting position battles yeah. in the,
1: you know, in the, and of course what they do at receiver. How do they use those receivers? Right, how they split game. it up? I mean, yeah. look, Jones, by the way, and this is what I was alluding to as far as usage. Like, in his career, his rookie year, he only ran the ball 23 times. So throwing that out, he's had 724, 976, and 426. And he's averaged 4.2, 5.1, and 4.2. So it's not like he can't run the ball. Like, he's been able to run the ball effectively. He's even, he even had one year he had a 98-yard run. Like, the problem I have with it is, okay, seven catches is a rookie, fine. Then he had 31, 28, and then last year, 10. He also has seven fumbles in his career. Like, I just, it's not that I think he's bad, because I don't think he's necessarily bad. I just think, like, he's kind of redundant. You know, for me, like, say whatever you want about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Would I rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire out there? Yeah, I probably would. Now, obviously, he's only played two seasons, 803 yards, 517 yards on the ground. You know, 36 catches this rookie year, 19 last year, some injuries strumbled twice, did in back-to-back games last season in the beginning. I just, I don't know. I would, I, to me, like, I'd rather have Edwards-Alaire, Gore, and McKinnon just running the ball. Yep. And if you can flip Jones, then flip him. And if you can't, and, you know, you, you probably can't with a running back. Like, you know, fine. I, I don't know. Look, again, it's not something that I'm, like, really, like, concerned about. I think it'll work itself out. But I just, I thought it was money that was not needing to be spent. That, That's my two cents on it.
0: Yeah, I want to see more of Derek or he's flashed. Let's let's give the guy let's give the guy a shot. He can um, run. The guy the guy can like legitimately run. Yeah, he can. Give him the ball. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh we're gonna get to our long shot offensive free agent prospects in just a second. But if you like the arrowhead addict podcast, please consider becoming a member of the Arrowhead Addict family. Members get access to special emojis, loyalty badges they can use during our live YouTube streams and you also get an invite to the private discord where when i had covid <laughs> this week i was talking movies books trying to kill the time quarantine so you hang out with the aa hosts we talk chiefs football movies beer we do private events uh, we've been doing happy hours we're actually gonna be having a trivia coming up pretty soon we're probably gonna give away one of these bad boys Arrowhead addict podcast t-shirt um so uh check it out the links in the description if you're interested and we appreciate your support all right, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this, but I thought it was interesting because it's that time of year. It's June. One of our writers over at Arrowhead Addict, Lucas Straczynski, wrote an article about three sort of like long-shot offensive free agent prospects the Chiefs might kick the tires on. I know every time some of these names come up, people roll their eyes. They get really upset. Oh, that guy, he's always injured. He's done. He's toast. Relax. It's June. Um, That's these why they're guys, long shot. Yeah, they're long shots, right? So the first one he had uh, – uh, uh, once great receiver, hasn't hit 800 yards or four touchdowns since 2019, often injured Julio Jones. Should the Chiefs kick the tires on Julio Jones, Matt And What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, no, no. And, and I, I like the list by Lucas, by the way, who is, is, always, uh, is always here and hanging out and even is in the chat right now. I was in Stacking the Boxer. So they actually corrected me on, a, on, a, on a, um, a cap mistake I made, so I appreciate him for it. No, I, look, I don't, like, they already have Josh Gordon. Do they really need Julio Jones? Like, don't they already have a space for a guy who's like not done much recently and is hurt all the time? And I, I, yeah. I just think I think sometimes there's this tendency to be like, well, they're going to carry six receivers. We should have six of the best guys. Yeah, but you need guys who also play special teams. Right. You need guys who can fill certain roles. I would, I would pass on Julio.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why he's still available, and and that is, uh, is often the case with the with long shots like this. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I agree. It, look, Julio was a great player. You know, but the Chiefs have enough depth at the position. I'd much rather see guys with a future. You know, guys like uh, Darius Fountain. Like, I'd like to see some of those. I don't want to see
1: him either. What can be made? None of you don't have to. I'd but- like to see Skymore and McCall Hardman and yes. Mv Juju. That's what I'd like to see. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I'd right. like to say. Number two on the list. I thought
0: this one was kind of interesting. Gronk, Rob Gronkowski. Um, now look, it's 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 gone over in the article. It's probably for Gronk. Tampa Bay or retired, yeah, yeah. right? But if you could lure him away, this is a guy who was productive. I mean, this is not like injury history. Sure, a little bit long in the tooth, sure. But I mean, there were a there, he's better than a lot of tight ends when he's you on know? the field. Last year, would you would
1: you bring in Gronk and just go and just try to terrify everybody with, so with Gronk it's and funny. Sets? First of all, he's not going to come there to come to Kansas City because he, he wouldn't be Tampa Bay or bust, as Lucas mentioned in the article, and he's right. But honestly. That actually would be somewhat interesting. Like, I think I'd rather at this point just like give Jody Fortson the snaps. But you gotta admit, Gronk and Kelsey on the same team, even at Gronk's eight, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Right? Like that, I'll say this about Gronk. He would fit in with them. Right. Like, that would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. it's not gonna happen, but I actually would be on board for, like, if Gronk called them up and was like, listen, I'll come there for one year, but like, okay, you know, Jody Fortune can slide in the tight end three. That's fine. Like, I, I would actually <laughs> be on board, but but no, I I do not think it'll happen. I think it's either Tampa Bay or retirement. I mean, I just want to
0: see I just want to see Gronk and Travis Kelsey line up one time on the field at the same time, you know. And then yeah. I want to see the the touchdown celebrations. That might it might actually be a bad thing because if those two get those could they might not be the best influence on each other. They put that behind a paywall. <laughs> right. um, but it'd be fun. Uh, it would be fun. It would be fun. And then of course, last um, look, this is a, a guy who got injured in the Super Bowl um, and, and, and and you and I were there and, and saw it happen. Um, probably not gonna play early in the season. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr is yep. an interesting name that's still out there. everyone's probably waiting to see how he's with the injury and this is another guy probably if he's gonna play he's probably gonna go back to LA. Was was doing a nice job there. What are your thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr.?
1: I would sign him in a heartbeat if they, if they could get him away from the Rams. I would in a heartbeat. I don't even care if he plays until the last like six games of the year because he had real juice left when he was with the Rams last season. He was good. Yeah, he mattered for them last season. We were, as you mentioned, we were at the Super Bowl. He was dominating that game early, and then got hurt. No, listen. Now, am I worried about him injury-wise? Yeah, he's had a lot of injuries in his career. Okay, he's older. It's torn ACL. Yes, all those things are true. But would I sign him for a one-year deal and a bunch of incentives? Yeah, absolutely, I would. I don't think they are going to, but yeah, of those three guys, like he clearly has the most juice left. Um, We know he
0: was interested, and the Chiefs wanted to sign him. Uh uh w- wanted to acquire him last year and right. he, he decided to go to Los Angeles and now, worked out for him.
1: Paul in the chat brings up something I was just gonna bring up. So Paul and I were on the same page. He says, age aside, can we come up with one other reason why the Chiefs wouldn't trade for for Quinn? Now he's talking about Robert Quinn, who is a 32-year-old edge rusher on the Chicago Bears, who who stayed away from minicamp. It sounded like it was pretty mutual. Like, hey, why don't you stay to the side? But the Bears owe him a lot of money over the next three seasons okay so th- that's that's worth talking about by the way as uh mentioned here in the chat and it should be noted uh kansas city congratulations to the city which will be hosting the fifa world cup that's incredible oh we gotta that go is, that is pretty cool yeah that is that's pretty awesome. cool um good good for them yeah, uh good for kansas city that super have and and they uh look the, the, the city, Kansas City, has been incredible at soccer. One of the best American cities. So, kudos to KC uh, and all who live there. Good for you. I, I hope to uh, to get out there for a couple of games. I love watching the World Cup. I'm not, i self admittedly not the biggest soccer fan in the world, but I will watch the women's and men's national team.
0: Yeah, plenty of time to bone
1: up now, though. Sure. A lot of great players. Seriously, yeah. All right, but back to back to Robert Quinn real quick. So he's due a lot of money. I, you can look up the contract. It's it's I think it's something like over the next three years, I think it's in the ballpark of like forty million. However, if they were to trade for him, they're not on the hook for any guaranteed money. So it basically becomes a year-to-year contract. He's 32. Last year, he had 18 and a half sacks. The year prior, I think he had two and a half. And the year before that, he had 11 and a half. So two of the, two of the three previous seasons, he's been excellent. The question for me becomes, what would you have to give up to get him? He's 32, he's expensive. You know the Bears have no use for him at this point. They're in a full-blown rebuild. They want the draft capital. Okay. I mean, if if I'm if I'm the Chiefs who have a dozen picks next year, I I mean, I I would look at this and say, "Listen, we're not offering you a first. I mean, he's not worth the first at this point is correct." I would offer them a day 3 pick. I'd offer them a fourth-round pick. I mean, I think that's fair. He's 32, he's expensive. He the Bears have no leverage. Obviously, for the Chiefs, there's two reasons this really fits. Actually, three reasons. You have one, you have a lot of picks. Two, you need an edge rusher. And three, the general manager just came from Kansas City. Right, you've got the relationship. I mean, you are inside track city. If you you have the relationship, you have the caps. Space, you have the draft picks. I mean, no team is better set up. Now, maybe the Chiefs don't want to make that move. I know we're talking to some people around them. They're very excited about Carl Loftus, like increasingly so after seeing him even running around in shorts in a jersey. So maybe they feel like, look, we already have one expensive aging veteran on the edge in Frank Clark. We're good. We'll go with him and Carl Loftus. I got to tell you, if even if for one year, like you're only going to have Clark for this season. So is Clint interesting? he's interesting to me. I would offer them a fourth and maybe for the sake of Somewhat like just just irony. If they r- wouldn't do that, they're like, well, we need a third offer that you got as a compensatory pick for Ryan Pole's going to Chicago. Yeah. How crazy would that be? You trade the Bears the pick that you got because they hired him as a general manager. I I would at least talk to them. Now, they want more than that. I tell them to get lost. But, uh, I mean, I if you're the Chiefs, you can't use 18 and a half sacks. Even if you, can, even if you had a down year comparatively in a 10, uh, you'd lead the Chiefs. Unless right. Chris Jones beats them out. Or Carl This is amazing. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think that that would be fair. I think a, a, a fourth round pick would be fair.
0: Yeah, and the Bears aren't winning anything. This year, really because, you know, they're not going to have an offense. They know it. <laughs> right. Right. Might as well acquire picks so that you can, you know, uh, this will be polls first year to evaluate and all that. Okay. I agree. I think it's, I think it's a smart move for the chiefs. Uh, and speaking of pass rushers, we're going to talk about Chris Jones in just a second and his future with the chiefs and his contract and all that. But before we get to that, did you know that the arrowhead Attic podcast now has swag? Check out the link in the description. I'm rocking the arrowhead Attic podcast t-shirt. I love this. I wore this down in Orlando. I had to give a I had to give a, a speech, a presentation. That was a little bit nerve wracking. And this is what I wore. I rocked my Arrowhead Attic Podcast T-shirt for that. I was super proud. And I've been talking about it on the show for a while now. I finally got my shit together and actually got the white Adidas golf hat uh, there you go. right here. Look at that, huh? That's a good looking hat. You can this is this can be you minus the face um hopefully that's okay yeah yeah it's minus, the face,
1: yeah. minus, the, COVID, uh, yeah, minus the face minus the covid uh you'll be good to go you'll be out
0: on the town you can show your chief's pride show your arrowhead addict podcast pride with that so um all right check out the link in the description if you want any of that all right chris jones so 2023 is last year on the contract he turns 28 i feel like he's been here forever um so it's crazy that he's just now he's still you know he's turning 28 um he turns 28 in july so this is his last big contract. He's gonna to want to get paid, right? Now so what what do the Chiefs do? Right? Do they try to resign him? It's gonna be very expensive. He's, you know, one of the, I think, 10th in the history of the team in sacks. Uh, I, I read this from, from Matt Connor, our own Matt Connor over at EverheadAdic.com. The only realistic way the Chiefs can reduce his cap hit next year is to release him and save 20 million, or B, trade him and save 20 million. Or C extend his contract beyond 2023 and save anywhere from between five and fifteen million on the twenty twenty-three cap. It depends on how the new extension is structured. What is your opinion on, on Chris Jones? Should the Chiefs resign him or and, and pay up all that money? And and or is it, hey, you know, we we you know we're getting nine, 10 sacks from you a year. It's great, but Carl Loftus looks good, he's young. And the Chiefs have don't have a lot in the way of defensive tackles. They, they do don't. have a lot in the way of draft picks, and they're remaking their defense. Is Chris Jones part of this second wave Chiefs defense, or is it, hey, it's this year,
1: maybe next year, or is he gone? I think this is a very hard decision for them because he is, as they are currently constructed, easily the best and the most important player on that defense. Yep. They love him in that building to the point they gave him a four-year, $84 million contract. Okay, and say what you will about him. He is a Hall of Fame level talent. But as you point out, next year is his age 29 season, if I'm correct. I believe I'm correct with that. They just traded Tyreek Hill. Part of the reason that they didn't give Tyreek Hill the contract he wanted, they didn't want to guarantee money into his 30s. Now, how different is that for a speedster of a wide receiver and a defensive tackle? Maybe a little bit. I think that's fair to say. If I were the Chiefs, I would try to extend him on a deal that basically including next year is a three year deal with the first two years guaranteed. Okay. I would try to guarantee him in 2023 and 2024 to his age 30 season. And then it becomes a team option. And I know there are people like our guy Wink here says he doesn't play at all fame level. Look, man, I they I'll tell you right now, they do, there's no way in hell that team wins the Super Bowl if he's not there. No chance. Go watch the fourth quarter of that game. Like, let me tell you, I was there at the game. I interviewed him. I spoke with him directly after the game. He was easily the biggest difference maker outside of Mahomes in the fourth quarter of that game, including Tyreek, including Kelsey, all of them. He's a great player. I mean, everybody talks about him like he stunk last year. He had nine sacks, a D tackle. And they used him half the year, they misused him as a defensive end. That's right. So right. if you ask people in the NFL who are the best defensive tackle is, everybody in their mother says Aaron Donald, right? And he is right. He might be the best defensive tackle ever. Chris Jones has been the number two for years, along with a guy like Fletcher Cox. Okay. Chris is going to canton one day like he's that level of play now that being said it's still a hard decision because you are talking about getting into your 30s but if i were the chiefs i would try to extend him on a shorter term and look we'll give you including next year three and sixty three and sixty five because the cap's can go up a little bit you gotta account for that that's that's what i would do first two years so you're guaranteeing age 29 age 30 and then at age 31 you can either move on, you can keep him at that. Or or if he's if he's fantastic the next two years, you can extend him again if you wanted to. You know, but I that's how I would do this. I if I'm the Chiefs, I think moving on from a guy like that is a very dangerous bit of business. When you know, when you move on from Tyreek Hill, you've got Mahomes. Clean up a lot of that. You don't have Mahomes on defense. That I think is a much scarier thing than losing Tyree Hill in a lot of ways.
0: I think he, you know, he's going to be motivated this year because it's again, it's a, it's, it's in some ways it's kind of a contract year. I think the Aaron Donald contract really complicates this for the Chiefs because you know if you're Chris Jones, do you do you want to do the extension? I mean, if I'm Chris Jones and his agent, I'm looking at it, and it, it, you know, every player is different. Every player has different priorities, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm from Northeast Ohio. I'm a Guardians fan. Um, Jose Ramirez. Took it. He loves Cleveland. The dude, he just loves Cleveland. He wanted to stay. He, they got, they were able to re-sign him. Francisco Lindor, great player. I absolutely loved him. The dude was like, no way, man, I am cashing in. I'm cashing in. And Chris Jones, this is his last chance to get a big deal. Does he want to do a two-year extension or does he like, no man, trade me to a team that's going to sign me to a long-term deal. I want to, I want, I want to be signed to him 33, 34. And I want the big bucks. I want to lock it in. We just don't know. You know, we don't know. And I think if that's the case, I think the chiefs have to move on from him. I think they should trade him, especially if he has a good year, because, and I agree with everything you're saying about, you know, but that's Brett Veach's job is to replace these players. And maybe the next great player is not a defensive tackle. Maybe it's George Karloftis. Maybe he's already found his guy, you know, or maybe it's another defensive end. I don't know, but like I, Brett Veach has shown, he doesn't like paying guys into his thirties. Like you said, he likes to move on and and if he can trade for if if Chris Jones I'll tell you what this year could be really interesting cuz they've really remade the defense they've got younger they've got more athletic Frank Clark is back I know nobody's excited about that but the addition of Carl Loftus is interesting he's a pass rushing guy that Chiefs really like him if he starts putting pressure on defenses in a way that no other defensive and and Frank Clark plays to par for Frank Clark which is still okay That could be interesting for that defensive line. It could be interesting for Chris Jones and open up more opportunities for him. If Chris Jones is playing well, it could open up opportunities for Carl Loftus. Chris Jones goes out there and has, remember, he had that year in 2018, 15 and a half sacks when he was in his contract. Which is, by the way, the last time they could ever rush the pass with anybody but him. Right, right. Then he's done nine sacks, seven and a half sacks and nine sacks. I know a lot of emphasis gets put on those sack numbers. He wreaks havoc. He's getting double teamed all the time just because he's not putting up those sack numbers when people think, "Oh, he disappears from the state. He's making an impact. And you saw the impact on the Chiefs defense last year when he went from end back into the middle. If he has a big year this year and he gets 12, 13 sacks, I think the Chiefs should trade him because he's he's going to be so damn expensive and they need to keep young, talented. They just need to keep it going throughout Mahomes' career. I, I, I don't think he's worth keeping into his 30s. I mean, he is worth keeping, but at the price point, the Chiefs have to be smart.
1: You may not be wrong, but I'll tell you right now: you trade him. You watch how much that affects Carl Olafus.
0: Yeah, that's that's that's.
1: Uh, I, I'm that's a, a big believer, man. I'm a baseball fan, and all these people who are always like, "Oh, trade this guy for prospects." You don't know shit about what that prospect's going to be. I hate when people do this. I don't I'm not saying you right. are in general, but in general it drives me yeah. crazy. Like I'm an A's fan, okay, as much as they suck to oh. high heaven. And I have listened to people forever around that fan base. Well, we should trade Olsen because we're going to get a bunch of prospects. Well, they did trade Matt Olsen because their owner's cheap as hell. And the guy who is the centerpiece of that prospect, Christian Paci, is literally not hitting his weight. He's hitting 150, okay? That's great he can field. He hits like me. And Matt Olsen's killing it, and the Braves won 13 games in a row. I think the point I'm making is people always love to do this stuff. Like, oh, well, if we trade and we get five, you have no idea what those guys are going to be. You don't know. Like, you're trying to win Super Bowls now. I think the Hill thing was unique because the contract exploded on them right as they were about to sign it, by the way. Okay? The contract was just, just blown up by the Devontae Adams thing. I tend to feel like Donald is an outlier. I do not think, like, kind of like Mahomes is an outlier. I don't think all of a sudden everybody's going to be getting Donald money. Donald's the best defensive tackle maybe ever. So I don't think that Jones all of a sudden is jumping to that number. I think, and, and by the way, if that's what he wants, you should trade him. But I I really do think with the Chiefs, like, you're trying to win Super Bowls now. You're trying to win now. And if you trade that guy, like, what do what are you doing? I mean, how how do you fix the interior there Okay, you got, I know the answer for everybody. able you draft somebody. Well, what if what if that guy's Breland speaks? Then what? Then what do you do? What if he's not even Breland speaks? What if he's What if he's Allen Bailey? A nice player, but not going to rep- like. You're screwed. You're screwed. And then Chris Jones is out there having 12 sacks. I that that's how I feel. I think look, there's a case to be made, certainly. But if he plays well this year, especially if Carl Loftus plays well, and they feel like Jones is beating doubles and Carl Loftus is one on one all the time, I wouldn't mess with that. There's no way. There's no way I'd mess with that.
0: Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. Um, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see what Willie Gay jr. Does this year? Does he take that quantum leap and, and become an absolute stud pro bowl player? It's going to be fascinating to watch this defense. I'm, I'm really excited about, about the defense this year. It may not be pretty early on, but I think they may be better when it's all said and done. All right, let's get to our chiefs uniform power rankings. So that means it's time for you all to sound off in the chat. Let us know. So there's, so there's, Five combos that I have on the list. All right. So there's the Texans throwback uniforms, which you know we haven't seen since that anniversary season, uh, but they exist. They're a thing. Um, the, the classic, the, the white on red, white jersey, red pants, the all reds, the all whites, and the red jersey on white. So let's do our power rankings. I'll kick us off, Verram I want to hear from you guys in the chat. So list them one through five for me. Num- number one, I got to go with the red on white. It's just the classic Chiefs uniform, red helmet, red jerseys, white pants. That's what I think of when I think of the Kansas City Chiefs. Childhood makes me happy. Timeless look. That's my number one. What about you, Vertoram?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Just red over white. I I love those uniforms. I think they're some of the best in football. If I'm looking around the league, I think the best uniforms in the league in no particular order, Packers, Chiefs, Raiders, Steelers. I'm the traditionalist. Those the Chiefs uniforms are perfect. Don't screw with them. That's that's right where I leave it. It's right where I leave it. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I agree. I love the classic uniforms as well. Um, Next up for me, number two, is the all whites. I just think the all white uniforms with the red 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 and gold trim, the red helmet, always looks really clean. And they wore that a lot during the Todd Haley era, which was one of the only bright spots. Big fan of the all whites. All right. So
1: I I hate to be boring. But I'm with you. I think part of it too is when when you grew up, like Schottenheimer, they always wore white on white. That's right. So uh, you know, I always thought that was such a clean look. I, you know, they've worn it occasionally under Andy Reid, not very often, but I've always liked those. I've always liked those. Um, So I am with you. I'm boring. I know we agree here, but I am with you. uh, Two for two. All
0: right. All right. We're two for two. Number three. These are. I think that this look is really popular with the players. They wear them a lot during prime time. The all reds. Going all red, busting out the red socks, the red pants, the red jerseys, the red helmets. Uh, our guy Stacy's a, a big fan. Uh, that's his number one as well. Red, red. What do you think, Bertram? What's your number three?
1: So mine is their their road jerseys, white over red. I used to not like the the red pants. Now I now I do. I still like it better when they're white over white. But I, I like the white over. I like the the uh, old school road look, if you will. Okay. All right.
0: Uh, it's an interesting look. I just I prefer the the solid color up on top. So that was my number four was the white over red, um, kind of the least exciting one for me. Always just kind of looks a little funny to me. Yeah, that was my number four. What about you?
1: Mine is the is the color rush the red over red. Like yeah. I don't I don't hate them or anything. Um, I think they kind of look like a bunch of ketchup bottles. But um, <laughs> yeah. I will say this, I like them a lot better than some of the other color rush uniforms around the league, which is oh. ridiculous. Yeah. I don't, th- look, I don't think there's any combination that they have that I dislike, uh, right. but I, I, I would for me, like that color, like the first time they did it, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And then now it's like, okay, it feels like they just do these all the time. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll put that at four.
0: So that takes the mystery out of it. Number five uh, for both five. of us is, is the Texans throwbacks. I mean, it was cool. You know, it was like cool to see, but I just, it was just, I just, it's not the chiefs, you know, I'd yeah. the state of Texas on the side of the helmet and the, the weird kind of red color that they were, I just wasn't a fan.
1: Yeah, I have no time with for that. What a, here's here, I'll leave my thoughts with two things here as we wrap up. One, they should wear the bigger arrowhead on their helmet. They used to have bigger arrowheads on the helmets in the 60s and early 70s. Mm. And that changed accidentally when the decals were, that were shipped to them were smaller. And they just kept them that way. I think they should go back to them. More importantly, far more importantly than all the uniform rankings. And I, I swear to God, I'm dead serious with this. They, for people who don't know, used to have a guy who is the the groundskeeper. And by the way, the Arrowhead Stadium groundskeepers do a great job because it's natural grass, and it's and I think it's beat to hell, and the it, it field always looks immaculate. So I'm I not what knocking on with this. The, George Toma used to be their groundskeeper. His nickname is the Sod God. Okay, he has been the one who's been in charge of all the fields at the Super Bowls. He is a, an older gentleman at this point. If you go back and look at their fields. When they played at Kansas City Municipal Stadium in the 60s, up right up until 1972, those fields were works of art. They would paint the Chiefs' helmet on there and the other team's helmet on there. And they had the gold end zones as the Chiefs used in their Super Bowl season in the playoffs. Give me a, a cool-looking field, damn it. Yeah, Their field is so boring. I don't mind the arrowhead in the middle, although I would prefer the helmets on both sides. I'm The, the end zones, could you be more boring than you are? The Chiefs, come on. Yeah. And, and you get these, like, well, it hurts the course. Oh, come on. Paint the field. Paint the field. <laughs> Buy more grass. Best. Your own they is a billionaire. Had such cool fields that when Roselle created the Super Bowl alongside Lamar Hunt, they used the Chiefs groundskeeper to paint the field because he thought they were beautiful. Yeah. And the Chiefs now have the late, it's just the, the lamest end zones on earth it's like oh yeah, yeah chiefs touch that they spend enough time in them how about making them cool looking and the one year they did it coincidence i think not the team won the super bowl
0: yep yep the gold end zones are a fan favorite give
1: me a damn field that looks like a painting
0: yeah give me the helmets back those were cool one quick uniform question before we get out of here Are you in favor? I know people get real traditional. I don't mind alternate uniforms. I think they're fun. Wear it occasionally. Would you like to see a more prominent gold somewhere?
1: No, I hate I hate alternate uniforms. Hate them. Hate them with a visceral passion. I am a traditionalist to the end with this stuff. Look, every once in a blue moon, there will be an alternate. We're like, that's pretty cool looking. Most of them are complete bullshit. They're money grabs. It's just some reason for a team to pump out another jersey. If they ever wore a gold jersey in a football game, I would. I think I'd actually have to like skip the game and watch on radio or listen on radio. That would drive me to no end. I, I can't see Stacy saying yellow top. Stacy, you and I, I love you, man. Can't do it. I, I just can't get there. Black uniforms, that was always like a big thing in the, in the arts, yeah. right? Like, oh, they should go to a black alternate. No, they shouldn't. I just They have beautiful uniforms. Leave them alone. For the love of God, don't screw with it. It drives me crazy. Just leave it alone. I'm on the opposite side. I'm, I
0: am i don't want any permanent changes, but I think occasionally having some fun with the uniforms, with the colors, but keeping it classy, none of this crazy the neon crap that some of these teams do. I would love to see... Gold pants with the red. I oh, think that was. could look really awesome. And as Stacy mentioned, the 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 gold and red jersey. And in fact, I I've seen some great mock of a, of a gold helmet and busting out occasionally. I would I up. would
1: I would need to be hospitalized if they had if they had a gold helmet. <laughs> hospitalized. You understand me? You're so lighten up. Oh God, Stacy's in there with yellow on yellow. Great. <laughs> they, they, they look like a damn banana. No, I I'm I'm out. I can't. And, and Lucas brings up the, and, and we got, I know we got to go because I got to go coach a soccer team. But I will say this look, the NBA, which I am a, a Knicks fan, so I am in deep pain, as is Stacy. He and I should start a support group for people who rooted for the Knicks and the Chiefs in the 90s. Look, the, the, the NBA, you turn on games in the regular season, you have no idea who the hell's even, like what team is which. The courts are out of control. Like nobody even knows what the hell's going on. The Knicks have like 37 different uniforms. What the Knicks really should do is wear a uniform that makes them invisible so no one has to watch that shit. But neither here nor there. I mean, the Celtics are the night in the finals. You have more tradition than anybody outside, maybe the Lakers, and that's arguable. Are wearing these like alternate black uniform? Th- what do you just? You're the you're the Boston Celtics. Wear the green on white, the white on green. Enough of this crap. Enough. Wear wear class. You let let the Jaguars change their uniforms 87 times. Okay, <laughs> you, you're the Kansas City Chiefs. You got tradition. Leave it alone. He has the last word. I'm going
0: to give it to him, even though I don't agree. Have some fun have some fun at sports all right we got to get out of here everybody this has been great you guys are awesome well over 100 of you watching live you're absolutely fantastic the, the fact that so many of you are still with us here in june we need your help we need you to head over to apple podcast we haven't had uh, a review in a while and the last couple we had were not very kind so if you could do us a favor if you haven't left a review in a while we will, we, we need stuff to talk about anyway we're ranking food we're talking about jersey rankings so leave us a question what do you want to hear from us go to apple podcast leave us a five-star review leave a written review ask us your question at the bottom we will answer it on the podcast guaranteed thank you so much for your support i hope you're having a great summer i hope you're staying cool i know this is a sick heat wave stay healthy. Stay cool. We'll see you next week. Matt and Sterling will be back on Tuesday. Bergam and I will be here on Thursday. But until then, as always, go Chiefs.